This is the Take Your Meds podcast, your safe space to explore how you can brighten up your life from the inside out. We're diving deep into the different medicine millennials take to turn their light on. Season one gives some insights into how you can navigate your quarter life crisis and find the confidence to be your authentic self. On this episode, I sit down with my brother Vinny, who I met at the National Science Challenge. Listen in to hear how connection to your spiritual self turns into medicine. Kia ora everybody and welcome back to the Take Your Meds podcast. Tonight I have a very special guest with me, Vinny. Vinny and I met a couple of years ago at the National Science Challenge and when I met Vinny there was something very mystical and magical about him. I could sit and listen for ages and he was like a modern day spiritual guru kind of vibe and there was just this curiosity to want to listen and understand and hear his perspective. And so I'm really excited to be having this conversation tonight because I know Vinny brings such a powerful perspective to this world. And so thank you, Vinny, for your time. Thank you for being here. How would you like to introduce yourself, including your pronouns? I'm very glad to be here with you, Gemma. And I, I saw your twinkling eyes even in the Sifty thing and glad to reconnect with them and your curiosity. So th- thank you for holding this space. Um, yeah, introduce myself. I, as I was saying, this gets tricky at times. So I'm just seeing what comes. Well, one, one thing that really is, comes is that uh, I, I like working on social impact problems, you know, uh, and seeing where is it where is it that there is suffering and what can we do about alleviating it uh, particularly what are people already doing uh, to support each other in community and how can they be helped rather than how do you start something new you know that's what the, i've really spent a lot of my time over the last decade looking for these initiatives and helping and assisting uh, through technology through design storytelling um, in both new zealand uh, parts of Europe as well and and mostly India because I I, I spent a lot of my chunk of my uh, life after graduating in India Uh, yeah and and just been back in New Zealand over the last two years so working here with uh, social impact uh, companies parts of the government like the challenge that we met in SIFTI advising other people just assisting seeing where the pitfalls may come and how we can you know collectively sort of put our energy in the right place beautiful beautiful mm-hmm. and what drew what drew you to social impact what is it about alleviating suffering that really calls you forward i think growing up in india was one big thing because my father was in the army and i uh, lived all around india you know we moved almost every year a year and a half uh, and uh, there is a lot of, uh, as, mu- as much as there's great beauty, there's also, you know, so many people, so much competition, sc- scarcity of resources. Uh, at that scale, when we're talking 1.3, 1.6 billion people, so really in your face, you can't escape it, you know. Uh, and I think seeing that, that how 
when my family would move throughout India and every place would have its own problems and we would see the village people and I'd see, you know, during malaria season, for example, the lines packed uh, with hospitals and I'd be going to school and you would just see these poor people just waiting in line just to get some treatment. So it was very much in my face uh, growing up. Uh, and it, it remained that why this, un it felt a bit unfair as if, you know, that we are, some of us have a lot and certainly many, many don't. And uh, I think that unfairness sort of made an impact. And and then I guess just as a child's desire, most children when I've talked to, they're like, somehow they want to help. Somebody wants to become a fire brigade person. Somebody wants to become a police officer, this, that. You know, I feel there's a general interest in children automatically to support and care. And I think somehow it survived. <laughs> That's so powerful. And have you always recognized how you can help what unique strengths and gifts that you hold to be of service mm. and to support social change no not not really uh, i think as a kid of course it's, it's just a matter of bringing a smile to somebody's face you crack a joke or you do a little bit that's what how i would have made an impact you know or like take somebody something to eat as a whatever it's whatever you can in your own environment but I think after university, I felt a little bit more empowered, um, but not due to university. I felt university didn't really prepare me. I thought at school that when I'll get to university, I'll learn things more than like, how do you solve this math problem or, you know, how do you solve this chemistry problem, which felt very devoid of any practical applicability to the world for me. I thought university would change that, but university was more of that only just solve this problem, solve this semester and forget about what you're learning. But there were some competitions, uh, one one mainly Microsoft Imagine Cup, which was the biggest technology competition of the world, which I heard about. Somebody said there's free beer, so I, I went, you know, uh, in university. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was always a good beacon of uh, approach. So I, I saw that there some students were using technology to solve problems uh, around education and healthcare. And I felt very empowered by that. Okay, I want to take part in this as well. It gives a, gives a tangible sort of problem. You can do something about it. So we took part in that competition. And that's how I began the journey, I would say, of trying to figure out where, where I can contribute. Epic. And, and what are those skills that you've developed over the years? Where do you feel like your sweet spot is now in really tackling some of the biggest challenges of our time? I think it's really this this question, you know, is it's evolving, it's changing. Uh, but I think that more I look look at this, I'm realizing my sweet spot is in the synthesis of different streams of, uh, for lack of better word, civilization. You know, because I'm seeing that there's a technology stream, there's an education stream, there's a healthcare stream, and if, uh, you know, governance and uh, private in companies all sort of seem to play a role but I when I was going through I, I as an engineer I thought it's an engineering problem you know I would meet economists who think it's an economic problem but I'm seeing more and more as this is not a streams problem this is the problem I shouldn't even refer to it as a problem the, the world is complex and its synthesis of its complexity requires certain people who have had a little bit of experience across these fields you know and 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 bring people up from across these fields i think that's where my sweet spot lies in in synthesis of some of these streams and bringing the people together for deeper dialogue mm. and to be able to see what mm. 
pieces of the puzzle need to be arranged in order for there to be a new picture. Can you talk yeah. to any of the big complex challenges you're working on at the moment and how you see yourself arranging solutions mm. to address some of these big challenges? I think one big one was that we have few people, uh, you know, when you see a sort of social problem, one of one of two things I've seen happen in most people, either the problem is so overwhelming and so emotionally taxing that you're moved by it, but you sort of look away because it's just too much, you know, emotionally, it's too much, it requires too much of a few like street poverty in Mumbai, for example, I've seen my friends who see it, but don't really see it because they have numbed themselves to it, they don't look that way, you know, because it's just too ask too much. So that's one, uh, when you see something like either you look away or you sort of, you know, numb yourself to it. Another one is I've seen people jump in to try to solve problems because they are again overwhelmed. They want to do something about it as activist energy is there and they jump in, but haven't understood the problem, you know, and then they burn out. Most of my friends I've seen in social impact as well. More, I shouldn't say most, but many significantly high number have burnt out because the problem was just too complex and they were just hitting their head against it without really seeing the nuances of the situation right um, for many reasons and i felt that this is a, one of the major problems that if we are going to you know tackle issues of the world we really have to support our social impact entrepreneurs and social impact people in government people with the inherent bent of social impact they need to be supported in a journey of systems thinking uh, so that they can understand the layers of the system better, plus also in their own inner resilience, in their own mental health, in their own, you know, community, in their own self-care routine, because these two need to go hand in hand, because we already have few people sort of tackling the problems. If they also start burning out and getting off of the, you know, platform, then it's going to be even harder. So I'm working on this this problem where, like, how do you support social impact and, you know, people working in this space to both the mind and the heart. Mm. And what have you seen really? That is so powerful and something that I've noticed time and time again in our local community is just mm. this huge passion and energy and momentum to want to see massive climate action or mental health mm. change or education reform or you know, those huge wicked complex challenges and they'll give it everything they've got and treat it like a mm. sprint rather than a marathon mm. burnout mm. and mm. not necessarily make the right connections needed to actually sustainably tackle the challenge at hand and in collaboration with others working in the space mm. too you know so often mm. someone comes with the silver bullet or you know, if we just did it this way, you know, and that we know that that doesn't work. So I'd love mm. to, is there any learnings that you can share from your journey in that space of what it takes to really mm. have great self-leadership? You know, what are the, what are the ingredients for great self-leadership? And then in the mm. outer space, the outer leadership space, what does it look like to really strategically tackle systems change in a sustainable way? Mm. Ooh, this is a big question, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let me see where to begin. I think the first, the first thing, even before this work can begin, is a study of history. You know, we really need to acquaint ourselves with the history of 
our past some because mostly history is like you know big bang uh, dinosaurs jesus christ your country got independence and today that's pretty much for most people uh, they have gaps and things in the middle this queen this king this world war but still is very broad stroke events based you know uh, and when i say history is it's so much is about understanding where do people come from what have been our roots uh, how have how has culture shaped our world view mm. uh, how has this how has Uh, different cultures one where we have learned a lot from each other but we have also tried to dominate each other a lot in that domination what has been lost and what has been kept you know uh, this this world view is very important before you can even begin uh, and this needs to be taught in ways because i, I have had uh, the privilege i would say of connecting with people who have been studying these things anthropologists um, you know social uh, re- researchers Uh, from different different angles and i've pieced together that it's very important to take people through some sort of a course in world history really uh, and in in a very new way which tells the history of the colonial past which tells the history of the indigenous aspirations and the value that the western science got so that they understand how have we arrived at the situation that we are at mm. before you even try to try to fix or you know solve it which isn't taught at university sadly is neither is it taught at school uh, so this is this in, this is very lacking and this sort of is left to people to figure out on their own which is very sad and at times dangerous also because you don't even know where to begin mm. and who to trust in this because everybody is pushing their own agendas there's very little lack of real uh, you know authentic um, bipartisan sort of content which shows you both sides mm. So that is really a uh, you know need of the hour as well, where this content needs to be created. Now a lot of it is already there, but needs to be curated so it can be presented in a way to people that first shows them well how have we arrived here. Of course, you can't you can, you can keep going into the details and details, but still at least a higher level you need to communicate, um, so that you build a sensitivity towards the you know the for what do they say faka papa, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. How have we arrived? The genealogy of things. Mm-hmm. Once that is there, I think then a component is really needed in building a safe space, right, where people can be vulnerable, because this is not a lecture series, this is not a MBA program, and this is not some uh, you know startup accelerator. Those are very different worlds to this work. This work is it really works with the heart and minds of people, mm. and to hold that heart with. care and love requires a container uh, of trust right and that only happens if there is an inner authenticity in the people who are doing this work as well where there is where they are very connected to themselves and to the world so that's very important that that container is created where people can be vulnerable and really share their heart without having a feeling of judgment or questioning or doubt and all these things come up and i guess also to recognize that this is a long term work this is not like you go to a retreat or you you know do a thing and then you know you sort of figure out and then you go back you have to really hold people's hand together and walk with them uh, and build that safe space over a period of time where because as people go on this journey they'll also there'll be resistance from others who don't want to go on this journey who want to keep the status quo the way it is who are want to keep the dominant paradigm the resistance will come right 
resistance will come in organizations where people come from resistance will come in uh, you know universities and resistance will come from families even of the ones who are trying to transform things so at that moment it's very important to hold them and be with them as well and and work with them as to well how do you communicate some of these things that you are le- going to learn to others and and build a safe environment for yourself as well because contrary to as much as people want to change i think there's a lot of resistance to want to change as well it comes it's, it's embedded within systems it's like grudge you know drudgery i don't know what the word is it's like that slimy thing that sticks to things yeah <laughs> you know sludge Ugh. Yeah. Mm, sludge, yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. So yeah, so these are the, these are the primary things I would say that you know understanding of how we we arrived a safe container of learning and then support over a long period of time. You know, at least this would be a good place to begin. And then you can study and bring people in from different systems. If you are looking at, let's say, like I am working at the moment on a problem around, um, you know, reincarceration of prisoners. you know and how high that rate is what's the systemic problem there how do you work with uh, like we are uh, you know we are teaching coding and meditation in prisons in south auckland prisons and working with them and seeing uh, how do you build somebody's spirit up again you know how how do you see how do you work with guilt that people are carrying and anger that people are carrying so there are many different problems which can then be brought into this container uh, you know and but the container still remains most of these places will still remain the same and you can bring different streams in and uh, hopefully they flow together and what kind of self leadership does it take to show up in this space mm. you know like there's so much resilience confidence mm. clarity how do you stand by your truth in a world mm. that doesn't like the change mm. what what does it take to have great self leadership for systems change Hmm. I think the biggest thing here and this is also a slow process is to realize that you are not separate from the world that you are the world you know it's not that you are trying to work on the world and the world is out there and you are here you know this this separation is the biggest barrier and because once you sort of start seeing how on a, even on a biological level there is no separation i am breathing this air i am eating this food all of this constitutes me all my thoughts come from the world the world created me right uh, my parents where i was born what language i knew when you see all of this bit by bit you start recognizing that i am the world so there is no separate world that i need to go and save you know i am working for my own benefit for my own self i think that's the key uh first in self leadership to not separate the self or to really see what expand the self really you know expand it beyond this identity that we have built of us as a separate per human being with this particular name and a job which is you know working from a particular place on a particular thing mm. this division needs to be slowly dropped and it it can be dropped because it doesn't really exist so it's easy you know to a certain extent but it's hard because we have really deeply conditioned our mind into this separation and how do you uncondition how do you reprogram <laughs> <laughs> we're going there <sighs> we're going there vinny <laughs> <laughs> see to reprogram something first you have to see it that you are programmed right there has to be an awareness of the programming Uh, rather than an interest or a desire which is very important of course you have to have an interest and desire to sort of transform but you have to see it 
and the thing is it's very quick all our thoughts our subconscious desires and our demands and hurts and doubts and questions they are so quick that we don't really see them they are operating as this giant paradigm uh, inside us and we are just on the surface our awareness most of the time so it's i would say the first thing if you something is moving very fast and you want to see it it have to slow it down and because otherwise how will you study it or how will you understand it and that slowing down process is very key uh, there are many sort of people have different ways for it somebody might go for a walk somebody might sit in a particular place just relax the body or you know there's so many yoga meditation sort of comes in here as to how do you build stillness it's very valuable to begin off with the body because at least you're more under your control than your mind so stilling the body automatically sort of stills the mind stilling your breath uh, stills the mind so these are relationship with ancient people have seen forever right this is not new realization even hora uh, means breath of life yeah right even mari is new about the relationship between breath and life in prana or chi all older cultures have known the about the relationship between breathing and thinking that if you relax your breath if your body is relaxed your brain thinking slows down you have more time to look at it so and in that process you can start picking up the conditioning and seeing where it's uh, you know operating how is it operating your reaction to things slows down so that in in that you see where your reaction is coming from rather than like very quick to react you know so it's just, it's a it's a gradual process i would say of slowing down and not being afraid of what you see because a lot of the times when we go into meditation mm-hmm. it's you really see the society and the all of those things which you hate about the world operating inside you and you know <laughs> and it's a scary process uh, to really come face to face with uh, that in a turmoil uh, so you know that's where that's why most of the people are like or oh, just play some pleasant sound of a river going by and you know in meditation apps and play somebody lull me into a sleep that's not meditation it's got nothing to do with meditation <laughs> <laughs> Has there ever been a time for you where that programming was running and mm. where you were able to zoom out, slow down and reprogram? What was that moment for you if it was a moment or what what happened that disrupted mm. your norm in order to create a new one? See one is that I'll say this is an ongoing process there was no one moment it's always it's and and deeper and deeper conditioning starts to show like one of the biggest conditioning is I am vinny which is much deeper than anything else right so just to even see that it takes time uh, and it it's very scary if you remove that then who are you if i take my personality away from myself then it's very hollowing and empty feeling and i stayed in that for a couple of years it was very depressive that i vinny is no longer there and nothing is coming to replace it so it was almost like a you know a very uh, i don't know how to put it uh, but i think the the when you say about an event i would say the first one was that this realization that i can't stop my thinking and this really shocked me and it took me almost i first realized this probably when i was 21 22 that you know that wow why if i am thinking why can't i stop it you know uh, and this realization went deeper and deeper to recognize that the brain is thinking on its own and i never really sort of notices i always thought i am thinking i am thinking something either negative or positive or whatever mm. but to recognize is that the brain itself is going on thinking was the first big realization and then what 
what was your do you have an awareness of a, a process or a practice that supported mm. you to reconcile the new awareness and the new consciousness and then transitioning to a place where you felt grounded to show up in the world and come into these complex challenges mm. again and, and look at them from a new lens? You know, I, I will begin off by saying that the, there's very, the danger of the world, a method or a process, right? It's useful uh, to begin, but the more you sort of build a process all the time, it re reaffirms the identity of the person who's taking, adopting the method, right? Who's the practitioner behind the practice, the meditator who's meditating, you know, the and it's very subtle but it goes on because that's how you it sort of reinforces the idea of the person doing the practice right and it needs to be seen that life it can't be narrowed down to a psychological entity who you think is a person doing a practice right it's useful but it, it can't be narrowed down to it oh i love the challenge that is so good <laughs> that is so good <laughs> So it's about cult is it about cultivating trust within that you are being guided divinely exactly as it should be for your own unique journey and that there isn't actually something outside of you that you need to pick up and try on but actually mm. to tune in and understand where you are being called to grow and discover I think both play a role. It's almost like, you know, when uh, one of one of the teachers of the Indian yogic tradition, I love the guy and he says, you when you cross the river, you take a boat. But when you're done, you don't carry the boat on your head and pray to it. Okay, thank you, boat, you, you know, uh, that you have done this much for me. You're grateful for the boat, but you're not carrying it on your head with you. And this is the same thing about practices. They are valuable and useful. And keep I keep coming back to practices as well. But to recognize at a deeper level that almost like I'm getting trying to get out of the way so that it itself can express itself right mm. rather than it me being the limiting factor of trying to take all of life and express it so good so good I love it that this is a huge space of of realization for me in the last mm. 18 months 20 months since becoming a mother it's Not just wonderful. like oh my goodness yeah, it's so, so powerful to, to be shifting through these kinds of levels of awareness. I kind of feel really drawn to want to keep kind of coming back to consciousness and perhaps your ability to raise your levels of consciousness or shift your levels of consciousness. Do you, mm. do you mind mm. sharing some insights around that? What does that look like and sound like for you? Because I guess it's from... It's from new levels of awareness and consciousness that we get to perceive the world in new and different ways, which then mm. means our heart for wanting to help and be of service mm. can be translated in a way that may be more aligned for a divine purpose. Yep. Mm. See, I have to be cautious here also because what I say may get into somebody's head and try to set a goal, you know, where to, of where to, or a map where to head. So 
which is which is not a good thing to, for me to do as well because everybody has to to a certain degree explore some of these things on their own and so that their understanding and realizations are not tainted with a lot of what i might say or some other people might say because it has happened to me i read too much uh, for a considerable amount of time and then it really muddled my head up you know because i i, I just didn't know how to move it was it was all becoming very intellectual uh and i feel that yes. there is the inner guide sort of gets buried under this uh intellectual jargon and structuring and goals because it's we are very goal driven in the material world so we sort of take those into in the inner world as well that mechanism of level 1 level 2 level 3 you know uh i joke about this that you want to be a billionaire outside and you want to be enlightened inside it's the same desire there's not much difference of achieving you know so i would say that once one starts to as as i said previously slow down bring a little bit of balance and harmony in your life and and then take some time for yourself watch what's going on inside i think there's a inner intelligence life is very intelligent right there's a intelligence it's not my intelligence and your intelligence it's intelligence which exists and it doesn't matter if it came through random mutation or came through a divine purpose or came through the big bang it's still there mm. right the question is the creation even if we remove it for a second we can't question intelligence there's great intelligence at operation and play here and i think that intelligence is it would be a miss to sort of think that that's only in an academic form or it has to only be structured and thought about in a very fancy creative uh, way or you have to be a great intellectual to even understand consciousness i think it's very rudimentary to a certain degree that it sort of comes to you in the way you would understand and like how your interaction with a child would be right now and what your learnings from that would be you know it's so personal to all of us uh, the understandings and realizations But I feel it's just naturally it sort of flows, uh, and then in, it it comes out in dialogue because there are others walking the path along, you know. And I feel that more and more your inner authenticity sort of comes alive. You you pull those people close as well, and in dialogue, you you see okay what's happening in your life. For how are you like one of the things that I'm actively working on is inner non-violence, for example, <clears throat> in thought, in speech, and action, but just not having any violence within, which is very hard. you know it's so hard yeah anger irritation agitation comes up so quickly it's like the response of the psyche even even righteous anger even is more dangerous because then you can feel rightful about it you know i am angry because of a purpose and a cause but still anger still damaging something within and still burning you know not anger has its place as well but that sort of compulsive nature of it so this is what i mean that this this journey of consciousness i feel is very personal and it comes out in dialogue with each other i don't think one should sort of set ke how do i move ahead because that that's a dangerous mindset i feel yeah it's definitely something i'm noticing a lot in like the personal development spiritual mm. development world where it's kind of like here's my 8 week module on how to you know achieve this set yeah. you know desired Very state you know and it's yeah. really it's really been quite challenging for me personally i've obviously engaged mm. in that world and been mm. able to create a lot of value and a lot yep. of yep. um personal freedom from mm. working through content that others have created or being guided and coached and facilitated in the space of mm. others working through a structured mm. space 
And since becoming a mother, I think there's a moment that's occurred for me in the in the birthing process where mm. I just realized that there is an inner wisdom and inner guidance system operating that has all the modules and all the goals and all the whatever already there. It's just learning how to tune in and how to uncover the programming that's running that is distancing me from my own inner truth. And that, that isn't necessarily the shining light in the personal development, spiritual development mm. world. It's kind of like outsourcing your power to somebody else to yeah, tell you their inner truth as the global truth. Mm. And there you go, right? it's been a really interesting journey to start to notice that and actually mm. reclaim my own um, my own truth and my own personal power and realize that actually as i tune in more and more i get to connect with the infinite abundance that exists mm. everywhere and I, mean, I love i love your challenge in this conversation <laughs> because it goes against i mm. think the norm and the culture at the moment in this space and it is so powerful to be so aware mm. of the impact of your words and I just want to honor you for that. That takes a lot mm. of wisdom and a lot of um, space and time mm. with self to recognize. Yeah. And and as you said as well, in conversation with others, and it's been a really curious journey of actually finding those people that you can connect with at that level um, to hear different truths around the perception of what's going on very much uh, i'm so glad that you know that through meandering through these paths is where your own journey is coming out like see even in dialogue now this is what i mean that there's a sort of resonance that gets created when two people who have, are having realizations come close to each mm. other you know and in that resonance, some sort of insight comes. Yes. Because the energy, you know. <laughs> yes, it's yeah. so profound. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. Fe- and it feels right. It feels very yeah. grounded and soulful. It doesn't feel like... Hmm. Yeah, it, it's really hmm. hard to explain. But mm-hmm. you know what it feels like. And, and I you think know. there was a really powerful moment for me last year, actually, when I was working with someone. And they said to me what feels good and right for you and that was really a catalyst for change for me in the space where I actually had never ever considered as somebody that is um, really big on input I love gathering the perspectives and thoughts of others to make sense of my world to Mm. really have someone ask me well what feels good and right for you I was like I have no idea and so that was a catalyst (laughs) for me to start Mm. really considering Mm what feels good and right for me and then where I've got to is this dangerous dance with desire of of really like what feels good and right for me what is this rooted in how am I grounded in this and where from where is this coming from and that's kind of I think the evolution of that with me at at this point in time but I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are around that Hmm. 
I'm so happy to hear of the journey. <laughs> Thank you for sharing and putting words to it. Change this dance with desire. I'll remember that. <clears throat> See, I want to first, even before we process a progress, I want to touch uh, around this personal leadership and spiritual development and retreats and coaches and. I feel that the world is sort of responding to a need as well. It's not that I want to sort of, uh, you know, condemn or demonize the the rise of these things. Uh, but I still do feel that they have been very intermingled with a lot of productization and capitalism. Yes. You know, and, and very much about what I will help you, you know. And also it's taking, sadly... A lot of vulnerable people in. Yes. You know, uh, and and I see that, and I feel that very sad watching that happen because when somebody is vulnerable to sort of put things in their head and you know, and even half baked ideas which you have just read from a blog or 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 you have just now uh, you know become a person who can help other people in a thirty day coaching course, uh, and now you're utilizing that to build clients and you know help them plan their own thing and then through it's just it's just very murky grounds you know i feel that a a, a, a caregiver or a healer of sorts previous was a very big responsibility like where you had to really be grounded and connected and with your own journey and not just and also to many cultures it was a sin to even charge for it you know uh, that your your healing won't even work on other people if you charge for it. Mm. It was said in many cultures as well, because uh, it hasn't come from a true place. It is coming, and but again, I want to keep this in balance with the fact that those healers were then also taken care of by society. People really went out of their way to support them, which which doesn't happen as much now because it's pretty transactional. I'm like, I want to meet you for an hour, and you give me this, and I'll give you that. You know. So there is definitely a need in society, which is which is can be reflected in the mental health crisis now, where there's a seeking of meaning going on, yes, right, at a very deep consciousness level, where material progress has not given us what we thought it would. Uh, an average person now probably lives better than kings did back then. You know, air conditioning, and I can go anywhere, and I can order food, and this. Kings didn't have this life back then, right? A normal person in many developed countries has it. But yet, the rate of suicide is higher in developing countries and at an increasing rate, uh, you know, in developed countries. So, there's something is not right, right? And uh, it's not very easy to even pinpoint what that thing is. Uh, I personally feel it's a deep spiritual crisis. Yes. It's not an economic crisis. It's not a climate crisis. Uh, you know, uh, if uh, fast fashion and construction and all of these things are feeding the climate crisis and what's feeding fast fashion and construction and buying this and just spending your money getting sloshed on Friday night is this emptiness inside, right? It's not, the solution is not in going and trying to just uh, fill the ozone ha hole or get scientists together. It's, in, it's a problem deep in our psyche, which is producing these, you know, results on the, on the surface. And that really needs to be tackled and it... I don't think the coaches or spiritual retreats are going to solve it. Uh, you know, it's much deeper. It needs much more authenticity in inner clarity. And, and I think also it's a collective process. The days of one guru coming in and solving situations is gone now. We, it's a collective, collective process of awakening rather than my individual 
awakening you know because we are so entangled as society and community and world now it can't be just individual processes so there's so many layers to it oh my goodness this is my church <laughs> oh this yes i hear you and i i absolutely have to echo you know what i've witnessed over the last couple of years in particular since becoming a mother really mm. around yeah this something deep in the psyche of of really wanting to <sighs> reconcile purpose and meaning and to really be able to move beyond the self but also deeply understand self um mm and what are the levers for shifting awareness and consciousness within a community where mm. traditionally churches and religion have played mm. a really big role and in the absence of that within different communities what is mm. what are the levers what are the spaces what are the safe spaces and what are the mm. teachings and learnings that are shared for those moments of resonance where do they take place mm. in this world yeah oh if it when you find out let me know i'll come hang out there cuz i think we want to go to the retreats and like you know we want to yeah, go and I know. you know do the um go and do vipassana mm. or go and do these kinds of yeah. experiences that really connect us yeah in a spiritual yep. way but we yep. know that that's not the solution as well but it mm. it is perhaps a stepping stone too definitely when you see the future what do you see as cuz it's also like i think for me the stance with like a utopia and everything being so idealistic mm. and and that just being mm. not grounded in Yeah. In truth, knowing that challenge yeah. brings growth, learning and gifts. So, mm. what is it that you see when you look into the future when the magic wand has been waved and mm. we are in a different space and place and then mm. what were the levers for us to get there? And I guess we're talking about culture, which you know, yeah, this is are. like this is political, social, cultural and then at the individual level, you know, I'm so curious yeah. what your views are. Mm. Culture, civilization is as I said again goes back to our dialogue is also exploring that historical perspective and bringing it to a current socio-economic and you know context and and all of that needs to be brought together with it because a lot of things that we are talking about this has layers of an understanding which you have gone through in your own journey therefore we are able to connect with that right and and build as a stream on top of that uh, but what you said previously around the going beyond the self right and also deeply understanding the self and i want to put a new mo- model maybe it's not new for you but maybe to people who are listening that the objective is not to transcend the self is to really sort of expand the self because you know rather than self ego these things being a problem if you build a better relationship with what they really are and slowly slowly 
you first come in relationship with your body you come in relationship with your feelings that's the sort of you know rope you're really catching on to first because you have to first come back here because we are too caught up in our minds mm. come back into the body our relationship then our sense of self expands because now suddenly we are more than just our thoughts in our head in the corner which are beating us down at times at times mm. right so you sort of literally feel this expansion then i think more and more we sort of connect with the world and go deep into our psyche this consciousness and the sense of self expands again because you start seeing yourself as reflected in society and society in yourself you recognize that i am this body and these thoughts but i am more there's something more going on here you know and you connect with that sense of self and this can be taken to cosmic proportions which was the whole idea of yoga where you expand the self so much that the whole universe is you right and it's a literal experience according to yogis where it's not like a theory right because the divisions sort of start melting away and that is the whole process of yoga um and i would say that looking forward i see this sort of synthesis happening of taking salvaging spirituality from religion and you know and bringing the curiosity which was at the root of science out of the clinical labs of science you know which have just converted into a very different world the scientists have now replaced the high priest with that sort of authority that i will tell you you know but the scientist himself doesn't know most of them have very narrowed world views of one particular subject and and in other subjects they are like children like and no disrespect to children but they have no expanded world view hyper hyper specialized and that too when you really go at the core of any science you go far enough you are faced with i don't know Mm. and that i don't know is not communicated we are almost communicating the scientist knows what well, this is the atom or oh, this is a no this is not an atom this is a proton and electron or oh, there is no proton there is no electron oh, oh there is a quark oh there is no quark you know <laughs> you further <laughs> so you bloody first accept that don't know and then you have humility inside you science needs to has humility and then spirituality needs to be saved from religion and the synthesis needs to happen of these two together to build a you know a, a, a operandi which doesn't just remo- remove the rug beneath our legs and say all oh, this is a chance mutation came out of the big bang you know if you look at science and religion they both stop at one question really science stops at oh what happened before the big bang and religion stops at okay, who created god you know at these two sort of things both of them go quiet and i would say just spend more time in that quietness and we might actually have something you know going on Oh. So do we have a retreat with those two questions and sit in silence? <laughs> oh, that would be lovely. That would be lovely. <laughs> oh, yes. This is taking me back to when I was in the church and you mm. know, I would sit and question and sit and question and sit mm. and question and be so mm. curious and then you know i would see and witness miracles and there would be so many mm. things that i could not articulate and explain and then i mm. would come back to it and i remember it's so crazy you uh, you say that i would remember those moments where i'd be like so where did god come from who created god what was before god you know and yeah. and and i would sit and have these conversations with elders in the church and no one would be able to answer yeah. all my freaking <laughs> questions <laughs> yeah and i think this naturally comes in curiosity in children and we dull it curiosity by giving them half baked answers which we also ourselves don't know why yes. i wish we just tell people we don't know and then leave that curiosity be you know yes and then 
to also have an invitation to sit and be with the inner wisdom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not knowing. <laughs> this is... Oh, this is... Woo! Woo! This, yeah, yeah I, I've got some homework after this. Yeah. I'm curious to understand, in your perspective, what it means to turn your light on. Hmm. I, I don't I don't know uh, you know how to answer this but what's coming as an intuitive feeling is that the light is already there it's already on you know just to keep looking at it and being more and more in touch with it is the feeling <laughs> oh yes oh yes that's beautiful yeah. and so profound mm. it's always there <laughs> it's always yeah. there yes it's always there how do you know that you're living an authentic expression of yourself I I almost want to ask mm. is that even the right question to ask? Mm. See I to a certain extent this question it remains in my heart as well because the other matrix is very strong it keeps coming back and that work keeps on going but I think one of the main things is that I know that uh, you literally when the sensitivity sort of deepens I feel it literally in my heart almost as a knot if I am not being authentic you know even in a conversation in a behavior in a gesture uh, you know, if and uh, heart sort of as you were initially saying, right? There's nobody else who will come and tell you this. Your own inner guidance, your own inner feelings and heart will tell you if the authenticity is there or not. You don't. Nobody needs to be, uh, you know, uh, signy on it. Uh, mm. Your own authenticity knows. It takes courage to oh. to witness it and mm. and lean into it it takes a lot of courage i I mean i talking from my lived experience overcoming addiction where Mm. there was a very very big period of my life where i actually did not trust myself oh yeah and so cultivating trust within Mm. to know actually that what i'm receiving hearing knowing and feeling within is here to support me for my highest good is here for my soul's mission and is an authentic expression of me Mm. and to actually reconcile selfishness as a programming that would come up for me in my Mm. experience with this anyways Mm. would be like you know is this not selfish is this not is this not impulse? Is this not, mm. you know, and it's just like learning to discern, which I do believe just takes time and wisdom mm. and experience to really be able mm. to discern what is the inner wisdom and what is a program and what is actually something you've picked up and tried on from someone else that is a kind of lens in which you're perceiving the experience. Yeah. Yep. And, and they're also... I've had my own journey through addiction as well and just, you know, and, and not trusting for many, just so much turmoil within, you know, mm. not not even knowing what voice is what and, yes. and so much anger and guilt and, and, not, and whenever that thing would arise, I would just become like my, actually I would become numb because my brain didn't even want to face it, the, what's, what's in there. Yeah, but I want to say one short quick story here. That and I, somebody told me this a long time ago that when when you when they have wild elephants from you know the jungle in India sometimes they bring them to areas and villages and try to tame them and they are wild elephants so they are 
you know they don't want to be there so they tie them with these with this their foot with a chain to the pole and they try to escape but the chain is very strong uh, and they put effort in and they, they fight for months and months you know at times night they would try to escape but they can't <clears throat> and then slowly slowly in a year or two they just tie the elephant with a little you know th- uh, like a cotton th- thread almost uh, thick one but n- none of those chains thing because they don't want to hurt the animal further so but the elephant in most cases never tries to run away again because it has learned this that i cannot break this thing you know uh, it's, it's gone deep in uh, because of repetitive psychological you know patterns so, and i think we do this in our life as well we learn that we can't get past this pattern it's a learned behavior so it's very important to keep on challenging our assumptions about ourselves as well and support ourselves in that journey to be able to question and challenge things and it takes a time sometimes it's not very quick it's many times it's not quick and there's so much turmoil which arises because in this day and age we want things to happen and we want to move otherwise we are a failure we haven't done anything and then we can't even put an effort in because we are afraid of even beginning and failing so there's so many layers there and i feel that hopefully people find some sort of support like i love the work you are doing with seed vicato and holding these spaces where people don't just feel that it's just my own journey alone where you can have somebody along to have dialogue with over a period of time and then slowly open and heal mm. thank you my friend mm. thank you i'm curious what your biggest unlearning has been <laughs> my biggest unlearning has been that there is no vinny <laughs> What does that mean for someone listening? That means is there's there's great joy in life which is speaking uh, you know and it's really happy to be here and in dialogue with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really resonated for me in this conversation yeah. of like yeah. yeah, this is a personality we're in the these bodies you know having this mm. human experience but actually beyond that we're all one and connected yeah mm. what mm. would you say has been medicine in finding yourself or remembering mm. who you are or who you aren't mm i'll say mother nature has been the biggest medicine uh, just to sit with the trees feel the water flow and the wind go you know just pulls you out and shows you the grandeur of life looking up at the stars and it just brought all back in me because i think somewhere along the way it got beaten out uh, and and over explained everything mm. you know I, this is the moon this is the this this is that and everything we know and the rest we'll figure out you know <laughs> so i think just just connecting with nature sort of brought that respect and awe back awe 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 yeah. is yeah. really oh. landing and resonating yeah having a child yeah. oh yeah. oh 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 we see oh. the awe every day from oh, wow. ice cream to yeah. giraffes to stamps to cars to yeah. the car wash everything <laughs> is like wow yes wow yeah, yeah. the awe is beautiful the awe is beautiful yeah. 
And I guess as we come to a close, um, there's one more question I'd like to ask, mm. and then I've pulled a card for us mm. from the Re Rebecca Campbell Work Your Light deck. And mm. usually I would do this at the start, but I've just kind of mm. felt like it's needed to just lay until. Um, mm. So one more question, then we'll dive into that and, and bring this to a close. So mm. what piece of advice would you give your younger self or somebody navigating their quarter life crisis, perhaps mm. coming up against the discovery that everything they thought to be true is crumbling or mm. that they are entering a space where they realize they have the pen and can write the story. What advice would you give to your younger self or to someone navigating that quarter life crisis? I would say the first thing that, that honestly comes to the heart and mind is to recognize that the spirit of humanity is gigantic, right? It's gigantic. If you really look at the journey that we have taken, you know, and, and that spirit is alive in us. You know, we may not be in touch with it at times, but it is there and, and you, you see its uh, creation all around. Uh, and if you look further, that is the spirit of life itself, which is alive. And this operating in us all the time, you know, it doesn't, it's not, I'm not pumping my blood. I am not digesting my food. I am not even breathing right now. All of this is happening on its own, right? <laughs> That's so fucking amazing. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everything else we can figure out from there. Uh, that's how I look at it that there's just so much awe and wonder to already as our base that you know it's not like I have to do something in my head to create all of that awe it's already there just acknowledge it just yeah, I think be in the awe of it and I think it'll take care of itself I love it Vinny that's so good <sighs> okay yeah, ooh. we have <laughs> Play. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Have fun, celebrate, and oh. don't be so serious. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Oh my gosh! After all that, oh. I just feel like we've been in the oh. depths, and now the universe is like, okay, oh. okay, it's time for a dance party. Yes. You know. Yes. Okay, I'm just going to yes. read from this because I feel Please. like there's some there's some secret sauce in here for us yes. and for people listening. Mm. Mm. Stop taking life so seriously. Your spirit needs to have some fun. The more you play, mm. the more inspiration will follow. Take some time out to do something without being attached to the outcome. You're being called to rest and play and learn to have more fun. Do something that makes you laugh. That's the best medicine around. Mm. Call up a friend that you can be silly with. Take your inner child on a date. The more you switch off your mind, the more room your spirit has to whisper and guide. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. When we do things without being attached to the outcome, ideas, clarity, guidance and solutions have the space to drop in. The left and right hemispheres of the brain can begin talking to each other. Make play a compulsory part of your day. Schedule it. Spend more time doing things just because you love doing them. Just because they bring you joy and light you up. If you follow what lights you up, you will light up the world without even trying. 
For when you are lit up, you are in your spirit, and when you are in your spirit, you fall into flow with life. How do you play? What do you do to have fun? What lights you up? If you've been working hard lately, it's time to celebrate how far you've come, all that you've achieved. Don't rush on to the next thing. Take a moment to throw a party, go on vacation, or have some fun. (laughs) 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 Wow, I feel so light and relaxed and joyous. (laughs) Thank you for picking this card and for mother, mother of all of us to come through you to give this message to me as well. I'm very happy. <laughs> oh, Vinny. I've so enjoyed spending this space oh. and time together and I just uh-huh. think the like the humor <laughs> of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Lo- lovely. <laughs> and this was when I was recently on my retreat with my wife. This was the message that came through all of the inner processes of my life to play, to have fun, to enjoy it, you know. So I'm so glad that the universe sort of brought it back again for me. That's so beautiful. So beautiful. It's landed for me too, and I'm sure that it'll be landing for people listening. We've just gone on an amazing journey together. I'm like, oh my gosh, what? It's bedtime now? Like, we're just getting started, you know? So um, I just want to honor you and appreciate you for sharing your infinite, abundant wisdom and for... Yeah, really showing up and being seen in this space. I know that for people listening, uh, I certainly had a mind massage and I'm sure that people mm. listening um, may have had their matrix tapped a little bit. So just really want to honor you and thank you from my heart for showing up and sharing your truth. <sighs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and I also want to uh, thank you for creating this space where I can come and do this and hopefully others can come and do this as well and yeah just to the people who are listening uh, as well that hopefully we can form some bond deeper bond through this dialogue and I'm here to you know continue this if anybody else who's sincerely exploring my support is always there thank you Vinny how can people connect with you I think maybe maybe best right now would be for them to just reach out to you first and then you maybe connect. Yeah, amazing. Or, yeah, that would be best for the time being. Yeah, amazing. So I'm on Instagram, so I will put that up in the show notes. Thank you, everybody, for tuning mm. in. I just want to finish with a message, which is if you have heard something in this podcast that's really resonated or landed for you, to really discern is it for you is it something you want to pick up and try on is there something to dig a little deeper with and if the answer is still yes then I encourage you to go into nature spend some time really grounding yourself and sit with and be what has really resonated in this podcast with Vinny Mm -hmm. and take the time you're worthy of taking the time to dig a bit deeper and see what's coming up and do that with a journal do that with writing, do that with poetry, do it in conversation with someone, do it Mm. in nature, whatever feels good for you. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being part of this episode. And until next time, kakite. Kakite. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in and thanks to our special guest. 
This is your chance to take a moment for yourself and really reflect on what's landed for you over this episode. Yep, right now. Pull over in the car, stop working, take a minute and write it down and turn that into one actionable goal so that you can integrate and apply what's come to light in this episode into your life. If you're picking up what we're putting down, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button to be the first to hear when the next squeeze of Audible Juice is live in a new app. If you have a topic you'd like to hear more about, please slide into my DMs on Instagram. See you next time. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.